0: Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Selena Marcus at Smoking Section.
1: Today marks the one-year anniversary of Smoking Section podcast. So we decided that we're going to go ahead and relive some moments from the past year with some tremendous guests. The first guest up, Mr. Jimmy Allen.
0: Yeah.
1: The Cam Newton of country music.
2: What's up? How y'all feeling? Oh, man. Yeah, dude. I I, I just heard a whoo. whoo. It's literally Uh, me. (laughs) I I do that myself. I can throw my voice just in case I don't get in. I I, I learned how to do that in college. Uh, Yeah, man. You know, I feel like I was talking to somebody the other day and it was like, Jimmy, why do you wear this? Why do you wear that? I said, I feel like what you wear is another creative outlet. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. It cracks so, me up Like when I post something and people be like, well, that's not country. So we're going to talk about I'm those like,
1: glasses that I saw on Yahoo yesterday?
2: Oh, I got some like this right now. <laughs> but these are the black ones. I look like somebody's Aunt Margie. <laughs> these I got these, these. are fresh, bro. I look like Catwoman. <laughs> but I'm a man, so I'm like Catman. I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm like Catman. You but mean, not that? like this guy, I posted something on Twitter like a few months ago and this guy was like, that's not country. I was like, bro, what's what's country to you? He said, like, well, you shouldn't wear that. That's not country. I said, listen, like I tweeted the other day, clothes don't define the person. They're just clothes. If that was the case, like I said before, there'd be a lot more firefighters and nurses. Some will get and cops. And cops. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people dress up like cops, too. But and some cops. some of y'all will get that. Some some won't. Depending on if you had big. bachelorette I'm- parties before. Yeah, I mean, this is Nashville. <laughs> it is natural yeah. the, the home of Bachelorette Party. Yes. We beat Vegas. All right, so let's start here. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm glad he didn't wear that shirt. What shirt?
1: What shirt? Okay, <laughs> so the shirt. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. So I- being a friend with Jimmy Allen, you get phone calls sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning that lasts an hour long, and for a good 30 minutes of that one-hour phone call, he ragged on you about the shirts you wore with Rusty Gaston. What shirt that wear? It's uh, long shirt. <laughs> yeah, you know you need
2: to burn that shirt, uh, bro. I said, listen, if <laughs> he come in here with this shirt, I am going to roast him. <laughs> like, the whole podcast. I just get in this mood where we just, like, like me and my buddies from college, every time we get together, like, we'll have conversations about life and stuff, and that's great, but we'll just joke the whole time and, like, now, like, they would roast me for wearing this. What I'm going to wear tonight at CMT's, they're going to roast me for that. I'm going you know, to roast just, you for where you were, where you were That's just what we do. It's, it's fun. You know, you don't take it too serious. It's, <laughs> that shit was funny. I'm right? just
0: glad I didn't wear the
1: shirt. he wasn't
2: stopping. I couldn't I couldn't get a word in. He was just Bro. going. He was just man, going. I'm going to have have Marcus show you some of the text. <laughs> I was <laughs> on a man. roll that night, man. i was pull it up again. I was, it was great. Like, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. So, all right, we're going to get started here. So, we
1: recorded him doing a round of applause. Do a little quick round of applause for a special edition Yes, yes. yes. I'm liking that. I'm feeling the vibe now. Okay. You want your cigar? Yeah. Where, what kind is it? It's a mild Monte Cristo. Where is it? <laughs> it's right here. Where's the table? Well, there's no table. You want hey,
2: all the pictures y'all posted of the podcast, y'all sitting around the table, well, and I don't get a table? Y'all got me up here like it's a writer's round. It ain't a listening room, If it makes room, you bro. feel better, Gregory didn't get a photographer, so. That's uh, why I got my guy, saying. Exactly. make some noise.
3: Hey, Sam. Sam. Hey, Sam.
4: Every right. time I
2: post a video or a picture and I tag at Sam the Cam, that's Sam over there. He's a beast. No, I, I just, can't really see him that's kind of blinding by the light here.
1: Not calling you too white, but the sun's behind you. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> All right, so how you been, man? Good, man. Just uh you hustling. Yeah, just just staying busy. You know, it's one of them things where your career goes from not being busy to being crazy to, you know, I had um Breakfast with, with Darius this morning He was mm. talking about He's at the point in his career Where his CMA isn't that crazy anymore As it used to be mm. You know So I'm um, just learning to balance Today's my son's fifth birthday We had his party last night so. Oh nice Nice Yeah he's, he's getting old The older he gets so the older I get <laughs> you know? Don't crack that would good. Man, I'm telling you Hopefully I'll age well Doubtful. Like my uh, mom. My mom ages well. My dad. Your, your he didn't, mom did age well. My dad, life was rough on him, boy. He, mm-hmm. Life punched him in the face a few times. I was like, uh, wake up. No, he didn't age too well. But uh, but yeah, man, it's been great. Um, Doing a bunch of media stuff, a bunch of podcasts. We got like five shows tomorrow, I think. Five shows, three meet and greets tomorrow. Good yeah, lord. Yeah, I know.
1: How many of y'all in here are actually going to all these meet and greets? Nobody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. All right, so Let's talk about how you got started. So for those of you who don't know, I know Jimmy from the time that he
2: was in a punk rock band. No Mercury Lane. No, before Color of London. I did. That was so Mercury Lane was before so Mercury Lane was punk rock. Mm. Color of London was more like one republic meets Keith Irving. Holy shit. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the punk rock band. That's when I was wearing like I always wore skinny jeans. It's always been my thing. But I used to wear so how I wear cowboy boots with looser jeans now? To y'all, they're so skinny. Imagine someone wearing skinny jeans tucked in cowboy boots. with a scully on, like a beanie. <laughs> we call it. It was bad. I wore those. You've gone over, through some Taylor. bad
1: fashion statement, yeah, I know,
2: huh?
0: Are you talking about me?
2: Uh, but there ain't no pictures of that <laughs> being posted proudly in 2019. <laughs> you want a whiskey or something? Nah, I'm cool, man.
1: You sure? All right. All right, go ahead and light that up. So yeah, so I've known him back since he was in a punk rock band. He's from Delaware, good old Milton, Delaware.
2: I didn't
0: know that. Oh yeah, he's from Delaware. Yeah, okay.
1: you, know, you ever
2: been? He's an Eagles I've fan. I never been. There you go. Fly Eagles, fly.
0: Oh man, it's two y'all up here. Yeah,
2: There's a few other. Hey, you got some Eagles fans? They're, in from here. they're from Philly. They're from Philly. I love it. They're from Philly. Well, they're still Eagles fans. They're so we're, still Eagles. We're, we're all one. We're you all know, one. Whether you're from Philly, whether you're from Delaware. I know Eagles fans in California in, in the state of Washington. I met one from That's Dallas crazy. yesterday. I think we're going to start a fire. Is there an ashtray? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is, but we need a table. That one right there. See, Sam.
2: Sam's a jack of all trades over yeah, here. Sam's a man, bro. Wow. So, yeah, I grew up in this town Milton, Delaware. Uh, <laughs> when I was in Milton, we had like 800 people there. Um, and, you know, all my dad listened to was country music, and all my mom listened to was... Gospel music, but more of like Brooklyn Tabernacle, Bill mm. Gaither. Yeah, my mom's more CCM, like TBN. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, like, I'm talking like white, white Christian music. Oh, like, yeah. The ones they don't shout or yell. No or shouting. They, was, like, if you, you ever watched TBN? Y- y'all are some peaceful. Mother- no, you gotta. In the South is different though. See, I gotta different. put you on to some white Pentecostals in the South. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. different down here in the South. Is I'm learning. Is it like the Black Baptist up there? Yes. It is. Oh, for real? Yeah, church oh, I, long I, I too. I haven't been. A, I
1: haven't been to a white Pentecostal down
2: yeah, here. Yeah, don't I, go. It's like three hours, well, just like the black ones up north. That's why I don't go. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I need a that service that starts at ten forty-five. I'm home by eleven thirty. Mm, I call I'm it that bird that. bath service. <laughs> Quick, fast. Yep. Jesus gives his blessings really fast, like shots of espresso. I don't, yeah. want, the co- <laughs> I don't want the coffee <laughs> sermon. I want the shot of espresso <laughs> sermon. You know, and get there fast. I won't miss the game. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> But yes, I grew up, so to me, country and Christian music aren't that different as far as, like, the stories in the songs and as far as the song is more geared to who the person is singing it less than what they're singing about. Like, when people say, well, what makes you or anyone else a country artist? I look at it the same way I look at Christian music. So Christian music, what makes that person a Christian artist is that themselves as a person or, or a Christian. So what makes a country artist a country artist is about, are they a country boy or a country girl? It ain't about if they wear a cowboy hat. It ain't about cause I know a bunch of people that wear a cowboy hat, and never rope cattle there in their life. You know. Uh it, it, it ain't about how many fiddles you put in your song. It ain't about how many times your dog died. It's about your you as a person, you know, <laughs> your morals, your belief, how you grew up and how you live your day to day life. I just I got feel really like, sad. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. That's what I feel like that's what makes you a, a, a country artist. So you figure I did I was in a rock band through high school. Uh, got to college, did R&B for like a year or two, started writing R&B songs for other artists, Uh, went back to an emo rock band, then went to a punk rock band, then I came to Nashville and was country at first, but I was told that I was too country for pop, but I was too pop for country. And literally the same songs I'm putting out today are the exact same songs, like the same style that I was doing then, but the genre has evolved over, over years. So it was finally I went to L.A., uh, it was 2014 to stay with my uncle for a little bit, and had nothing going on. My grandma had just died in February, and my son was gonna be born in June. I was working three jobs at the time. At that time, I was working. I'd write songs from nine to three in the morning. I'd work at Bonefish Grill from three to four, uh, from three to ten p.m. Then I'd work at Walmart overnight stock from eleven p.m. till six in the morning, and I'd sleep like maybe two and a half, three hours a night. Ooh. And I was like what am I doing with my life? You know, my friends from college were married and in, in their profession with kids and I'm just sitting here struggling. So before I walked into the LA Kings game, I was like, all right, God, if you guys, you want me to keep going with this music thing and there's someone I might reach one day through my journey or my music, give me a sign. I don't want just any sign. I need like a trophy or, or something I can, I can hold on to. Crazy thing is we walked in the game and it's the game the Kings are celebrating their Stanley Cup. So they're giving out replica rings to everybody in the suite. So I was like, shit. So you, were, that's, you were in the suite? That was in the suite. Okay. So okay. that's why every show, I always wear a ring here. It's L.A. King Stanley Cup ring. It reminds me that, you know, I have something to say that will maybe one day help someone continue to chase their dream or whatever they're going through. And um, so I came back to Nashville and my dad was like, listen, son, just grab your guitar. Write whatever songs you want to write. Don't worry about no genre. Don't worry about trying to make something fit in a box musically. Just write the songs you want to write. So, in that time, I wrote "Back in Your Mind," uh, "Best Shot," "Home to You," uh, "Happy Hour." uh, What else we write? "Slower Lower." Um, So there was so many songs that were just about me. You know, just came from the inside. And um, I did this writers round and. That's how I met my my manager, Ash Bowers. He was on the writer's round as well um, because he used to be an artist, and he signed me to a pub deal. Um, and, And the crazy thing is, like I always tell people, man, it's not about the dream happening when you want it to. It's about taking every day and make sure you're practicing, you're putting in the work. If you want to be a nurse, make sure you're doing a little extra reading. If you want to be an attorney, whatever it is, make sure you put in extra work into your career. That way, when your opportunity comes, you're ready for it and you're not having to play catch-up. You're not having to say, oh, man, I got a show next week. I need to get ready. No, luckily enough, I struggled to where I was still, me and my college band were still playing 150 shows a year in, like, small clubs and bars and colleges and stuff like that to where I see it now, but at the time I didn't know I was preparing myself for when I get on these uh, uh, theater stages we're playing now, the amphitheaters, the arenas. I didn't know all the work I was putting in then was leading me to now. Because people say, Jimmy, do you get nervous when you get on stage? Like, nah, I get butterflies because I'm excited. But as far as nervous, it was like everything I'm doing now, I planned it five years ago. And like five years from now, I already see what I want to do, like my stage setup, the movies I want to do, the books I want to write. They're kind of already in the process now. And I figure, you know, life is all about preparation. You know, and 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 I feel like if you prepare properly, you can deliver. And when you can deliver, you're able to reach your full potential. And when you can reach your full potential, that's where I feel like happiness comes from—not in the money, but knowing you're doing what you love to the best of your ability, and your ability has that power to touch someone else to where they see. Their struggle and their story connected with yours, you know, because so many artists that lived in their car like I did that were homeless for a while. I've connected with their story and I've had people say, hey, Jimmy, I love the relationship you have with your grandma. That made me want to dig back in with my grandparents or I heard about you doing this uh, when you were struggling. So that made me not want to quit. So I feel like life is a never ending cycle to where we are supposed to learn then put back out into the universe, so someone can learn from us, and they'll put it back out. Someone will learn from them, and I feel like that's how you keep things moving. So I got a question for you. I got an answer. I'm going to ask a
1: question that a lot of people don't really realize about you. Can we talk about the family member? Who's who's <laughs> his family member? <laughs> for a quick second. For a quick second. You quick can second. answer this one question, and then we won't talk about member again. So for those of you who don't know, Jimmy's uncle is Magic Johnson.
0: Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. For Ma- those of you who... Magic. Ervin, Johnson. Yeah,
1: Magic Johnson. Yes. Greatest Laker of all time, in my opinion. Ooh, boy, um, Kobe's the greatest Laker. He's second best. <laughs> Magic said that, so. Yeah, Kobe's Kobe's the greatest Laker of all yeah, time. Yeah, sure. So when you were homeless, did you ever think about calling him?
2: No, nah, I never called nobody. I didn't call my. I could have reached out to my parents. They could have helped. My siblings. I have uh, two brothers and four sisters. Could have reached out to them. I feel like. As an adult anyway, but I feel like as a man, there comes a point where you need to remove the safety net. Because mm. what happens is if you're, my dad calls it getting off the titty,
4: you know, growing
2: up. <laughs> you know? Because what happens is if you never remove the safety net, you limit yourself possibilities. You limit reaching your full potential because you're going into everything scared. And you never really know how to support yourself if every time something hits the fan, you run to a family member to say, I need help with this. I realized I was at a point in my life where music is what I wanted to do. It was my dream. No one else was responsible for it other than me. So I felt like I needed to go through that and figure out a way to deal with it. Like I teach my son this. Like there's times when he's frustrated and he can't tie a shoe. And he's like, Dad, can you help me? No, tie it. I don't know how. You've watched me tie your shoe a million times. Tie your shoe. And he'll sit there. Well, I can't do it. Well, I guess you're walking around with your shoes not tied. So he'll sit there on <laughs> trip and fall and get mad at me. Don't be mad at me. mad at yourself. You're too lazy to do it and learn. Now he knows how to tie a shoe. If you keep feeding someone, they never learn how to hunt. And, you know, mm-hmm. you. I, I refuse to be 60, 70 years old, you know, being the providing parent now I'll always be a parent to where if he really really needs anything needs advice I'll help him out but I won't step in until I've seen him exhaust every one of his options you know and that's why I felt like I needed to do you know I decided to leave Delaware and come to Nashville you know you know and my uncle put his work in my family put their work in they've they're living their life this was my time for me and I felt like you know it would have been a baby move to call and ask for help. So I need to just get it done. Because Walmart's always hiring. So I tell people.
4: <laughs> people always, you
2: know. Ain't like, that the truth. they always hiring. And that's my thing. Like, you know, we we talked about your situation yeah. before. And yeah. I'm like, for me, it's not a pride thing. You know, it's about realizing that I want to be somewhere. What do I need to do to get it done? Man, I ain't gonna lie. Man, I hated working at Bonefish Grill. Because every songwriter in town I knew, every artist I knew, you would come there and eat. I hated working at Page as a janitor in that middle school because all these artists that I wanted to see, the kids were in a freaking school. So here I am. Oh, when I collected trash for waste management, going to people's house, them seeing my face, at first it was like, man, this sucks. But again, I realized where I'm at now is where I wanted to be.
1: Be sure to go back and listen to Jimmy Allen's episode. It's available on all streaming platforms. Up next, we have the head of Sony ATV Nashville, Mr. Rusty Gaston,
4: Would I mortgage my house for this? And if I can't say yes, I just don't do it. Because this is personal to me and it really means something. And so like you talking about the writers that are here at this music, I ask myself that on every one of these writers. I I don't do what I call pieces of business. A piece of business is, hey, like this artist has a record deal, but man, our staff really isn't. You know, passionate about it, or man, this rider's got a cut, and it's going to make more money than their advance, but nobody around here like really wants to hang out with them every day. There are other companies that are made for things like that, but for us, man, we're a small family, a boutique where our company is set up to be you know where we want to give every rider a hundred percent attention. But at the same time, we want to be crazy passionate about what they do. And I, I literally say to myself, would I mortgage my house for this? And I ask myself if the only way I could sign this writer is to go to my wife and say, hey, well, I'm going to risk our entire home on this person's talent. If if I can't say yes to that, I don't do it. And the, the Jeff Bates and going through that process, it taught me to have that level of belief in the people that I work with and you know for every one of these writers man I I have that passion for them and every one of them doesn't work out but you know even the ones that don't work out and work out meaning financially we still have every one of them is still a successful relationship like I, I have a philosophy around here of that i preach to everybody is that love plus fun equals success if you love what you do and you love the people you do it with and you add in a lot of fun the only possible outcome is success mm. it is the equation to live by love plus fun I, equals success i think i'm going to title this episode love
1: plus fun equals success
0: man you know just hearing the passion that you're talking about your writers and everything. I ain't gonna lie, dude. I wish I was a fucking writer. Because, <laughs> because I would want to sign with you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you man, just you you're animated about it. You're passionate about it. Like you we just stated earlier, you don't hear those kind of
4: things. You know, these songs are their children. We we can't just sign it to sign it. It's like you gotta believe in it and be willing to fight blood, sweat, and tears to make it happen. And I just, I can't imagine doing it any other way. We have 14 songwriters here. Uh, some of them are artists. Um, but the majority of them are just day in, day out, journeymen, craftsmen songwriters that come in here with absolutely nothing. And from scratch, God gives them the words and the melodies and the emotion that touches people's lives forever. These are songs that... Are sung at people's weddings, songs that are played you know at at graduations songs that you know people fall in love to, songs that heal people's hearts, songs that heal families you know songs that that uh help
1: last week we went to uh we went to Martin's and um he says you owe him owe him lunch, maybe but he's not. He's going to accept if you buy anyway. <laughs> um, his name is Bob Reeves.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And Bob Reeves said yeah. to me, you need to get him to do this. And I said, okay. He told me what it was, and I said, I'm going to get him to close the fucking episode with that. You did a speech. I don't know where it was at, and I don't even know if we are going to call it a speech. You did a speech. I think you were, like, accepting an award or something like that. And... He he said, get him to do this. Uh, we're gonna close the show by you doing this. This has been an episode brought to you by Casa de Monte Cristo, but live at this music Nashville. That's right. Yes, but Bob Reese wanted you to do the um, think a songwriter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we're gonna close the show. Follow us on Smoking Section podcast on Instagram, Smoking X Section on Twitter. Go like our page on Facebook. Yes, please do. Go follow this music Nashville on on Instagram. Y'all yes. better do that. Do that. Go follow Emily Wiseman. Go follow Demina Hayes. Go, <laughs> go follow Rusty Gaston. Go follow J T Harding. Look up. Go on their website and look this at their... dot Yeah. Go go and look at their at, at all of their. There's
4: playlist. Good all the songwriters God. are on there.
1: I feel like every time on Instagram, there's a new post of a story of some kind of let's hope so. Yeah. God willing. Yes. Some <laughs> yes. kind of new song being released that's one of their rocks. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like are you guys just ever stopped? Man. It's a machine. Let's, let's hope it. we don't stop. Let's hope you don't let's stop. Don't stop. stop.
0: Making noise.
1: Just God. It's phenomenal. So yeah, so we're gonna close the deal here um with uh thank songwriter.
4: Man, whatever you do in this town, it all you know, the NSAI has a has a saying that says it all begins with a song which is absolutely true, but really it all begins with that songwriter and that if you work at a record label, realize that your job every single day is solely dependent on that songwriter thing. Thank a songwriter. If you are a booking agent and you book shows and, and you somehow make the money to pay your mortgage, there's one reason that happens. Thank a songwriter. If you are a manager that commissions artists' shows, well, those shows only get booked because of those hit songs that are written by a songwriter. Thank a songwriter. If you have fallen in love, if you have healed your broken heart, if you have forgiven somebody, if you, if you laugh, if you you cry thank a songwriter guys thank you guys so much for having us here thank a songwriter for having us here because you guys all work in the music business and if you do and every paycheck you get every time you flip that light switch on at your house and the electricity comes on thank a songwriter because they paid for it god bless america
1: that was rusty gaston hit us on the atv nashville showing his gratitude to all the songwriters in this industry up next, we have entrepreneur Robbie Goldsmith. Tell us his story about how he overcame obstacles in his life to become successful.
3: My biggest accomplishment, uh, you know, I don't know if what I'll think in a couple of years or whatever, but I would say my biggest accomplishment has been uh, getting my mental health and my and my personal fitness health back on track. Because without that, businesses come and go. Right, you can start a new one tomorrow. You can end one tomorrow. There, there's always an idea. There's always something. There's always things to do. Right. But man, if you're not right, and and I, and I came from a dark place, and I'm I'm okay to talk about it, and you know, and and I'm proud of myself that I'm I'm in great shape, and I'm, uh, you know, i have been back on track, and I'm feeling better every day. Right. So yeah, I think right now that's it, man. Because a lot of people lose it off the rails when shit like that happens. You know, I I essentially have I live with PTSD every single day, and I and I see things and I have memories and I right. that aren't great but I'm proud of the fact that I've learned to know the triggers and and overcome that and you know some people don't some people it messes up for for a long time I know people that that have had similar things happen and it was 10 15 years and it's just like you know so I'm proud of the fact that I, I really have been putting in the work along with support to get back to where I once was right
1: I think every entrepreneur I don't give a shit what level of success you're at if you're just starting out or if you're making fifty million dollars a year, yep. I think every entrepreneur should have a therapist.
3: Everyone has a coach. You yeah. learn to drive by a coach. You learn to play baseball. Yeah. With a Coach. You learn mm-hmm. to play sports. Whatever. If you're a singer, you have private vocal you, you coach.
1: Private vocal coach. Why would Why
3: would entrepreneurship be? Any you have to
1: have one because if you don't, then you you will. It doesn't have to take a loss. Like it doesn't have to be a loss. It
3: doesn't have to be a loss. It doesn't
1: have to be a loss. You can just lose your fucking sanity just by working too damn
3: much. Right. It's, burnout is real. Completely. If I had a dollar for everyone who hit me up on the DM about what's about this life coach thing and they no one wants to talk about it publicly, right? Because no one wants to admit that our lives are fucked up. Right. Everyone could use it. It's just that are you willing to commit to it and follow through with trying to become a better person because we get complacent and we like our lives. Like we're all – we all have silver spoon problems. We're <laughs> Americans. Like, you, like literally <laughs> – so like, true. <laughs> like, one of the biggest things that got me hooked on Gary Vee is he's like, listen, four billion to one is the chances of us becoming a human. And then to become a human and to be a privileged human in America, like, we have no problems. Mm. These are all silver, Even, like, the stuff I went through and the stuff we all go through, like, everyone loses their parents. Everyone, like, yeah. so what right. do we really have to complain about? Right. right you know so it's just man it's just i don't know it's crazy so yeah she's been awesome she's helped me a ton and i i couldn't i couldn't suggest it more but i think a lot of people just aren't willing to put in the work to be the next version of themselves because as you level up through life you have to really level up and the things that were got you to where you were aren't going to get you where you're going right unless you realize that you're going to always hit a ceiling right but to bust through those ceilings it gets harder and harder but you just kind of got to do it i want to do something
1: i'm gonna start something new today the you started man i'm gonna start something new today we we discussed this earlier all right but for th- for those of you who have never met me because there are some people who have who have who listen to the show has never met me before i when i when i talk in a casual conversation i say the term really and truly <laughs> a lot Dwayne can attest to this yeah i can to <laughs> so the point where one of my friends my friend in, in massachusetts uh got me for my birthday, she created this sign that said really and truly that sits on my bar now in my apartment. Yep. So, after I say really and truly, it typically means that whatever comes out my mouth next is going to be very blunt, probably offensive. You're probably not going to like what I'm going to say. But it's going to be very honest. But it's meant to be encouraging or it, it means well. So, What is your really and truly that you would tell people about the city of Nashville? (laughs) (laughs) Easy,
3: y'all. Easy. (laughs) My really and truly. Yeah. And I'll explain it after I say it. Yeah. Because it's pretty blunt. My really and truly is that Nashville is the most unoriginal Creative city in the world. Huh. I, I gotta hear your. No, nah, I wanna hear the explanation on yeah, this one. This I gotta is, hear this. Man, this is a juicy one on this, this one. You
0: made me sit back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, and this kind of all started with, with Project Music and the backlash that was got because of trying to create that and all that stuff is we are a city of creativity where we thrive off of our music industry and our hospitality and our tourism, but we do it in a way where we see what works elsewhere. And we make it happen here. Okay, that's real talk. LA, New York, Chicago, innovation tends to happen elsewhere, mm-hmm. and we adapt and bring it in. And I think my call out of Nashville is I would love to challenge people, and there are people out there doing it, don't get me wrong. Right. But this isn't no. – we're not in San Francisco. Right. We're not in Chicago. We're not in New York. We need to do better at being creatives, not – Following trends that we find other places and adapting them to our city.
1: I had a friend tell me the other day we at the pool, and I had a friend tell me the other day that he he felt as though Nashville is just becoming a mix of L.A. and New York, it's, and we're about ten years behind. Like, what are we? And we
3: I love would love for someone to to listen to this and, and prove me fucking wrong. Yeah, but what are we doing that other places are saying, "Holy shit"? If it's for the bachelorette parties, we're doing a lot of fucking things wrong. Hmm. And there's a lot of great (laughs) stuff coming out of here, but we're just behind right? in in that world and leading it. The music industry is we're behind. We're behind L.A. We're behind New York. We're doing everything that's worked before because we're afraid to take true risks. Uh And there is some people doing it, but my call to action is let's fucking do more. And let's be risky because if we want to be the it city, we have to lead the pack and shit and not do just what works and what's trendy and what's hip. Wow. Okay, that was a a very,
0: very great explanation. I mean, that's just – I can't even – Call it like I see it, man.
1: Like you can't – like there's no – that is, that is, that's so true though. We are 10 years behind. That's, and that's where, that's where that whole comes in. We're like, rinsing we're,
3: and repeating what works elsewhere. Yeah. It's every day in the music industry, every day in hospitality. Right. We're doing it. And I don't know about healthcare cause I don't live in that world, but I'm sure it's the same there. Like I'm in, I've been in music and I'm in hospitality and the people that say we're not doing that are fucking liars. And I don't want people to take that as a negative thing cause we live in an amazing city and Nashville is what gave us all our opportunities and where we live. But we can do more, and we can do better if we're willing to take more risks. I'm
1: going to title this episode "Robbie Goldsmith do, <laughs> like, like, do Better."
3: Like let's just do better. Let's just do better. Let's just raise the bar in everything we do. You know, some other city is going to challenge us, and if we're not on the cutting edge of everything, we're going to get passed by. Because we, I mean, we, I mean, we just beat Vegas for the, the first time, and of ever that we beat vegas in the bachelorette parties i don't know i still don't believe that i still think vegas is bigger but i mean yeah but it's not even that like i i'm not a source of it like right i'm talking as a whole as a whole i'm not the exception to the rule here the rule here is we are a very unoriginal creative city and we need to be better we need to be doing the shit that's happening and we're not even talking overseas like there's shit, there's some really dope shit happening in
1: that we're like 25 years behind for real like
3: <laughs> so so there and for being tagged a creative city and a progressive city and what we do mm-hmm. like let's do it let's have more of the people that are doing it more of the goldberg brothers more of these people that are doing the cool shit there needs to be a crop of them it's not just 5 10 people here making moves that are right. innovating everything right. right like there needs to be more you know no, I, I I agree with you, man. Like wow, like when you said that, I was just like shit. I challenge wrong. you, Nashville, whoever's listening, like fucking prove me wrong. That's so fucking great. We gotta prove them wrong, man. I'm gonna prove them fuck wrong. Let's okay. go. I, and I and I hope everyone does. And I hope yeah. I'm left behind. Yeah. I hope I, I wish nothing but the most but success for everybody. I also hope you prove yourself wrong. I, 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 I dude, me too, man. <laughs> me too. Not just us proving you wrong. I hope you I hope you prove yourself wrong. I hope I do. Yeah. What we, are you over there smoking? Oh, this is a acid uh, cold infusion, a little mild, nice little – it's smooth, man. I'm not Mm. a big cigar guy. I'm not the heavy smoker. Right, right. Um, But, dude, this thing's thing's fire. What you got over there? Man, I got this thing over here. It's wrapped in this
0: green leaf. It's called the Kuba Kuba.
1: Guys, if y'all has, if y'all see this, if y'all see this cigar, it looks like he's smoking a marijuana joint, big ass
0: marijuana joint. <laughs> it smells like a marijuana joint. It looks like a marijuana joint. I don't know I what it a, is. I got a, I, oh
1: my god!
0: <laughs> I got
1: a very odd name here. Uh, this is the Codwells. Uh, the king is dead, and she said that it goes. It has. It's like a boutique, apparently, because it has very high end tobacco in it, and it's been very smooth. Although okay. I needed lighter, but it's been very smooth, um, and I'm actually really enjoying it. Like I don't mind it, and this little nice little whiskey here and some ginger ale.
3: I love it. I love it,
1: bro. I will tell you this though. I think I'm going to go an entire month as well with no alcohol, bro. It's kind of hard to do now that every freaking music industry event is in the summertime. Yeah,
3: but you can do it. But it's definitely going to be you know how much I better you're going to feel. Yeah, and I, and I love drinking as much as most of them. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I love it, but. You know, there's times to know when it's good and when it's bad. I just got off a four-week bender, like, straight up with weddings and bachelor parties and beach yeah. trips and whatever. But, like, I just started feeling bad, and I was like, all right, time to course recourse adjust, you know, and I can do better. We all can.
1: We all can. Well, Robbie, this has been great. Yes. This has been amazing. Thank man. you guys for having me. This has been amazing. Me. I'm so happy we finally got you on here. Me too. It's been way too long. <laughs> We can get you on it. We, we have to come out here and hang out. Let's go. When you're drinking again. Yep. When July you, 4th. July 4th? Yep. All right. So after July 4th. You know what I think I'm going to start doing, Dwayne? What's that? I think I'm going to start having a cigar night.
3: Oh, that's a great idea.
1: I'm going to invite some friends, industry people, entrepreneurial people, and come up here to Casa de Monte Cristo, reserve this area off, and start having cigar night. This place once is a awesome.
3: This place is great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Once a month. I saw Patrick Thomas that Fire Whiskey Patrick uh, that last night because he does his poker nights once a month. Did I miss that? Yeah, it was last night. Fuck. It was last minute, though. Okay. Um, it was a very small group, though, last night. Okay. Um, but Gregory Smith, by the way, won. Yeah.
0: What? He, yeah. won?
1: he won? He won. He, and he only bought in one time. He cheated. Um, that's a whole, whole thing. That's a whole <laughs> different story.
3: Well, I think <laughs> you guys on top of now. here, man. I, and I hope you guys win. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks, I appreciate bro. that. Seriously. Yep.
1: And I, I've been a, I've been a Robbie Goldsmith fan for God knows how long. Back when Robbie said, "Go, oh, come out to the Entrepreneur Center. And I, I was on there as his guest. Nice. Everyone else had to pay.
3: <laughs> That's
1: it.
0: But I knew a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Name was on the list. Man, the Entrepreneur Center. Happy to man. do it, man. I love that spot. I used to go in there and just the ideas that be flowing around and just the creative people that would sit there and get together and make things work, just kept me intrigued. You know, Heather. Shout out to Hedman B. Shout out to Joe Galani. Like those dudes, they knew what they were doing. They, they put yeah. a collective group of people together, a lot of great minds together, and it worked.
3: Yep, it worked. It's a great place. It's a great thing for the city.
1: Did you? Uh, did you? Were you, you were there when they started Pinewood Social.
3: Yep. Did you have a hand in that? No, no. But Max and Ben, I couldn't admire two entrepreneurs and restauranteurs more than Max and Ben Goldberg. I'm going
1: to have to get them in here.
3: I'm They'd be a great guest.
1: I'm going to have to get them in here and talk about that. Yeah. I mean, they,
3: everything they do is great. Yeah. Like, they, they're guys I try to set as role models and you know wow. talk about examples for the city. Those types of people are what we need more of.
1: Someone else said it to me, too. I don't know who it was. I feel like that's like a that's like a message that's that's trying to get out. But there need, there needs to be more people like that. Just
3: yeah, we need people in moving this the needle. town. If mm-hmm. we want to continue to evolve as a city, we gotta to continue to move the needle. We need innovators. We need trendsetters. That's it.
1: Yes, we do. Game changers, as I call them.
0: Okay. Well, let's
3: do yep. that shit. And it needs Game. to be in our generation. Yes. Cause yes. Because they're starting to pass the torch, right? Yeah. Well, who's doing it for us? Right. Those guys are doing it. Max and Ben are kind of in the middle given their the right. other ages or whatever. But the, who's who's the Michael Burcham's? Who's the people creating the next version of Nashville? Let's not roll on their coattails. Like Let's create Let's create art. something new yeah, that's it.
1: and fresh. Because time's going to change. Everything's changing. Yes. Everything's changing. Well, all right, man. Well, this has been great. I'm glad you came on. I'm glad we finally got you after two months. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, fellas. Sorry, hear. it's been so
3: hard, but uh, yeah. no,
1: this has been perfect because uh, you know it's perfect timing because we, we we've had five episodes so far and they've all been music industry some some form of music industry. Yeah. So it's now it's about time that we got someone on the business side. Yes. And I'm I'm loving every bit of it. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna make you episode seven. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Episode seven. So so Rusty okay. is next, and yep, that'll be it. So appreciate you coming in. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this has been another episode of Smoking Section. Yes, it is. Please go follow us on Instagram at Smoking Section Podcast. Subscribe. Subscribe. Rate. Leave a comment. Follow on Spotify. You got any shout-outs for your social media? At Robbie Goldsmith. Look him up. That's it. He does questions, guys, <laughs> on the stories.
3: Yeah, I'll be real with you. That's the one thing I can guarantee. Yeah. He does no questions. Bullshit.
1: He does interact. He's not a, he, 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 does interact. He's, he's an engaging motherfucker. <laughs> Don't feel bad if you go ahead and slides his DMs. That's it. It's not a problem. If you got a question, go ahead and ask, go answer. That's
3: it. Call me out. Call him out on
1: it. Cool.
3: So, up next, we have
1: Valerie recording artist, Tyler Rich, who took time out of his busy schedule planning a wedding to sit with us and chat about his fiance, life as an artist,
5: and his bachelor party in Budapest. I moved here from California. I lived in LA for so long that um, I was doing once I graduated from Sac State, I decided the whole goal was go to back to school, get my degree. I promised my family, mm-hmm. promised myself, mm-hmm. but then the big promise to myself was once I graduated, I was going to move back to LA and I was going to give music another shot. This time as a solo artist instead of in a band, instead of whatever I was doing before. Mm-hmm. So then I moved down to LA and Teamed up with these guys and we started writing a bunch of music and then put out my first independent single, which was called Radio. Mm-hmm. And then that was about six years ago now. And then that just organically um kind of started doing its thing online. This is before Spotify was really big. This was before mm. it was when I had these little download cards and I would walk oh, around for like, iTunes. Like well, it would be a, a free song from a reverb nation link on the back. <laughs> oh wow. Dude, oh, and I would wow. make thousands of these cards and I would go to festivals. Stagecoach, yeah. And I would walk around with these cards, and I would tell people, "Hey, I'm playing next year." They let me in here to promote ahead of time. I'm playing next year. I'm playing next year. I always legitimately believed I would. I thought I will play next year. It was never like a full lie. Right. It was like, "Hey, I'm gonna play next year. I'm promoting. Here's a free song. Here's a free song. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think. All my links on the back. All of a sudden in California, these DMs would just start flooding in, and my social media started growing, growing, and growing, and. Growing. and um, just from these cards and from playing shows. And then if I would go play Cole Swindell in Sacramento, where I'm from, I would stand in line. I would go to the line ahead of time. And back in the old days, you used to walk the line with it like a Walkman. Right. And you would have your CD. <laughs> I would go to any concert you could imagine with a Walkman and just try to sell my CDs for five bucks, right? You see guys doing it in the malls, you know. Right, like yeah. My equivalent was the lines at shows. And so now I would find the shows that I was actually playing, and I and I'd look at it, and I'd say, man those first 200 people in line right now waiting to get up front for Cole Swindell or whoever I was opening for, those are going to be the 200 people standing in front of the stage right up front. When I walk up there and they have no idea who the hell I am, why don't we go say what's up? Go and I'd hand out a card to every single person, say hello, say hello. So then by the time, an hour and a half later, when I'm walking on stage, all those people in the front are now my friends. And they're like, what's up, dude? And they go crazy. And then, so flash forward, sorry, that just kind of turns into this massive, Organic thing happening in California Mm. where then all of a sudden I get a message from Dustin Lynch's management company. Hey man, we've been following you. We love what you're doing. Do you want to leave LA? You want to come to Nashville and meet with us? So I immediately just flew out as soon as I could and uh, I came here for the first time. It was St. Patty's Day weekend, 2015. I got back in town. I was like, hey man, do you want to meet up? Do you want to meet up? Do you want to write? Do you want to? hang out you want to get a beer you want to smoke a cigar Mm -hmm. and just created all these relationships with all of dustin's writers um so then all of a sudden my songs are getting better and i'm learning from the best and then all of a sudden now i've got a record deal and then a year later we're releasing the difference and then two and a half years later we're smoking cigars (laughs) it here we are (laughs) that's the nutshell man (laughs) that
1: is insane that is insane so you um so let's talk about this current single Leave her wild. We talked about your Bachelor Party, but, but so that obviously means that you're getting married. So the
5: song is about your wife, your, well, your future wife. Fiance, yeah. Your fiance. Wife, yeah, wife coming up. Uh, yeah, we, uh, she is, Sabina, when I met her, I met her at Stagecoach. She was in the pit, dancing, looking <laughs> hot. Um, it was like two months later. I'm on the side of main stage watching Dustin perform. And I see her out there, and she's dancing with her friends. I'm like, we got to go talk to this girl. And get down there. We talk for five minutes. She takes off. She's like nervous, blah, blah. I'm out. I have to slide into the DMs. <laughs> 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 the kids these days say it works. It does. It does. <laughs> we touch base. We start talking, hanging out. But everything about her, our entire first summer together, I have a song I wrote about. It's called the summer of us. And it's literally about every festival we went to that summer. We went to Dublin that summer. We went to Barcelona that summer. We partied our asses off for four months straight falling in love. So all we've ever known is this fun party life on the road world together. And so a lot of times when you meet a girl that's like that, and a lot of times when a girl meets a guy that's like me, it's intimidating. It's you want that party when you first meet somebody, but then you want them to, calm down you want them to tame down because of jealousy and because of Mm -hmm. insecurities or because whatever it is it's very common there's nothing wrong with it right um with her and i we've just always understood each other and she's an actress so i've had to deal with her making out with dudes in movies i've had to deal with her all sorts of shit in movies you know (laughs) and so so so
1: basically you you have a hallmark movie relationship
5: we do (laughs) on hbo But, so I I wrote that song just about finding her the way she was and never changing her. And, you know, I was in a relationship in the past where I could never be myself because my girlfriend was so jealous of so many situations when, in in my mind, that was a five-second hello. Or she was hot, but it was, you know, it was what it was, and it was five (laughs) seconds long. (laughs) But no, but, you know. Shit happens, you know. (laughs) Two, three months after Sabina and I started dating, I started meeting all of her best friends. And they all said the same exact thing to me. Thank you for let, giving us Sabina back. She hasn't been herself for a long time, and she is herself when she's with you. And uh, her favorite quote is from a poet poet named Atticus, mm. and it's, if you're going to love her, leave her wild. And she had it like on her wall in her room, and I went into the studio one day, and my buddy's like, man, I saw this girl posting this thing this morning. He said, if you're going to love her, leave her wild. I was like, oh, that's Sabina's favorite quote. And he goes, has anybody ever written that song? I was like, I don't think so. And then so, We came up with a few lines, like, if you're going to love her, leave her wild. If you're going to make her do something, if you're going to make her, make her smile. If you're going to let her do something, if you're going to let her, let her dance. Let her sing. Let her be whoever she wants to be.